0: Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk hanging.
1: Hey everybody, it's a special day. I have New York ATV addicts with me, and uh, I'm Leonard Duncan, your host of ATV Talk, and we're going a little different direction today because it is so imperative that we get the word out about legal riding across this country. And we're gonna start in New York. Um, They have a great Facebook page. So if you're interested in going uh, on vacation to New York and you wanna go riding or you wanna learn some places to go riding, this is the place to go. First up, we're gonna let everybody introduce themselves. And Lisa, take it away.
2: I'm Lisa Dashna. I started New York ATV Addicts back about two and a half years ago or so. Um, I found that there wasn't an all-inclusive place to go to find out where to ride in New York State, different events, different things. I found myself going to 20 or 30 different pages to figure out what to do on a weekend. So I made the page and I did not expect it to be what it is, but it's a great information source for people to find legal places to go and ride um, different events, family events, everything there is to do in New York state for ATVs and UTVs.
3: Go ahead, Trevor. I'm Trevor Burnett. Um, known Lisa for a couple of years now. Uh, I got started back in the scene, uh, mostly for mud riding back in 2017, but I've been riding my entire life. Um, just kind of took a change into the mud scene as, uh, it sparked my interest and, uh, here we are today. Uh, now I've started a business out of it, and it's been uh, it's been exciting, a lot to learn. Um, met a lot of great people, been to a lot of great places, so looking forward to seeing where the future goes.
1: Awesome.
3: Awesome. Ryan?
4: Hey, I'm um, Ryan Whitmore. Um, I've been with New York ATV Addicts for about a year and a half. Um, I joined up after buying my newest machine, looking for places to branch out riding outside of just private property that I did. Searched around the internet, found Lisa on Facebook, found the page, followed it around for a little while, um, started giving her a hand. From that point, once I became a moderator on the page, every time I visited somewhere, I'd review it for people, give people the information that I was looking for prior to going places. Now with events, we all team up, we go together, we all meet up with each other. Um, I've been in power sports for a long time myself, racing cars, building trucks, motorcycles, everything like that. So when we meet up, if people have problems, we all work together. Um, I'm more on the tech side to kind of get people hands repairing and fixing stuff. So kind of get leaned down back and forth with all of that.
1: That's, that's awesome. Sounds like you got a really good, diverse group here. Uh, I am a sport quad person. That's all I've ever done uh, from motocross, TT, off-road, desert, um, you know, drag racing stuff. Never have ventured into the utility quads. So it's a pleasure to get some insight into it. And um, let's jump right into, Lisa, how did you get involved in ATVs? Um, we're gonna go around the, the the room a little bit and 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 ask everybody that. But uh, how did you first get into UTVs or ATVs?
2: I actually grew up in Sandy Pond, New York, which not a lot of people know where it is. It uh, I lived on a dirt road where there were only four permanent residents. Everybody else was seasonal. So we either took a three wheeler, a four wheeler, a snowmobile, a boat. Or at a very young age, I may or may not have driven the S10 around on my own. <laughs> um, but it was just a country. That's the only thing that there was to do. We didn't have, you know, a Starbucks down the road to go and get a coffee. We had nothing. There were cows and four permanent residents. So that's what I did when I was a kid. I did move back to Iswago for a period of time um, when I decided to go into the nuclear field um, where I, I kind of took that little hiatus. And then the minute I, I moved back out, I went and bought more machines, snowmobiles, ATVs, the whole nine yards. So
1: that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Ryan, how did you get into the ATV world?
2: Um, I grew up
4: my whole life in a repair shop for, um, cars and trucks with my family. Um, so there was always that thrill of anything with a motor on it. Um, I had other family that was up in Oswego County, up on the Oswego County trails. They had some old four-wheelers, though we used to take those out. And you start to learn the challenges that uh, an ATV brings you from racing through mud to on trails, technical, to high speed, straight lines. It's just something that I really enjoyed every aspect of it. And after starting to meet these people and learning what it was truly about, it just became an addiction. Oh, that's so awesome.
1: All right, Trevor, how did you get in? And, and while you're answering that question, can you tell me, how do you keep the mud out of your beard? <laughs> did you hear me, Trevor? He's having, this, he's having a, a, a glitch with his Wi-Fi. It's okay. He'll come,
0: he'll come back. So (laughs) when you're searching for trails, is it something that that, is there a map system in New York that's provided? Or do you have to just go find the trails,
1: the legal trails?
2: So New York State does not have like an all-inclusive trail system. There's a bunch of different, there's separate ATV systems that don't necessarily all link up together. Every system that you join, um, or every system that you want to ride, you actually have to become a member to that different small system. So the county ATV trails or Lewis County trails, they're all a separate group. They're run by separate groups. So you actually have to join each different group in order to ride their trail system.
0: Isn't that counterproductive to make you have a membership? Or do they charge you? Or is it just you just have to give them your information?
2: Each different group does charge a fee. Yes, Um, typically it's not excessive. I know Oswego County is like thirty-five. I know Oswego Valley down by us is about twenty or twenty-five dollars. But it does add up depending on how many different places you join.
0: Is it is it just to use the trailhead or is it to to join the group
1: itself
2: to ride the entire system? So each different each different club runs a, a, a small system. Um, I know Oswego, Oswego County is like 35 miles of trails. I know there's some in the Northern tier that are pretty inexpensive to join as well, but none of the clubs are actually a, a really large area. That's why we depend primarily. I know my group and a lot of my people, we primarily ride parks. Um, there's a few ATV parks that are that are a little bit bigger than many of the trail systems around here.
4: Um, okay. So in New York State, one of our biggest challenges is state land, state property, and private land. We are not able to ride. Um, this is where the small clubs come in. They find the private owners of the land. Um, then other portions work with the towns and counties to allow us to ride. The problem is, is that it's so diverse. You have to go to one trail system to ride one area and have a membership there. Your membership dues go towards the insurance that these private landowners need to get in order to allow us to ride it. Um, Secondly, which is what's been huge with our site is the legal side of it. Um, We want everybody to contribute to each one of these entities. So we can continue to build and grow with an effort to one day, hopefully New York State as a whole, will open up trails to us. But at this time, it's keeping the respect of each one of these entities and building and letting them get bigger for us to allow us to ride it. So that's
1: when I see on the pages, the stay on the trails, don't destroy the, the lands. Um We'll get into another question I have about the erosion and stuff, but Trevor,
0: I had a great line that you missed. I was asking you if you could elaborate on how you got into the ATV industry, and I really wanted to know how you keep the mud out of your beard, and <laughs> you were having a Wi-Fi issue at that moment.
3: Yeah, I had a little bit of a breakup going on, it seemed like. Um, for myself, I, I grew up in northern New York, uh, probably about an hour and a half up from uh, Lisa in Morristown, New York. I grew up uh, farming. Um, so for me, it was just basically anything mechanical, uh, with an engine without an engine, you know, that was our means of transportation as kids. And, uh, yeah, basically age eight, I think I had my first snowmobile. So I know I've gotten out of snowmobile since, um, I do want to get back into it, but, uh, yeah, I've been riding pretty much ATV side by sides from day one. Um, long story short, uh, as far as, uh, keeping the mud out of the beard, I don't.
1: (laughs) That's a good answer. uh, Um,
3: it actually works as a great dust shield. It's almost like a filter. So when I have my helmet on and it's dusty, this kind of, uh, Keeps all the dust and gets held up in the beard. So it's kind of handy. That's, but, true. um, yeah, I, I mean, as far mean, as that,
1: I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so we were talking, I don't know if you heard a portion of the conversation about the systems that and the way they work and and how the clubs are ran. And I hope that you guys can get legislation to work that out so that it opens everything up. And makes it better. Um, one
0: and clarify this for me, please. On the post that I see where it's muddy and they're digging trenches from the amount of ATVs or UTVs that are going through there, what exactly are you asking them not to do? Is it you want them to to tread easier in these specific areas, or do you want them not to Uh, Tear the ground up as much. I'm not sure if I understand that.
3: It's really it's a there's a time and place for it. It's more respect to landowners because a lot of the uh, areas that we have to ride, it's you know comprised of multiple landowners or maybe just a single landowner. But whatever section it is that you're riding on, you know, it's really just respect to landowners. You know, ideal usage of his land. Uh, You know, if we have a trail that goes through that land and he's opened his land up to that then stay on the trail Um, don't throw your garbage out you know if it comes in with you it goes out with you Uh, pretty simple rules you know I ride on Tug Hill quite a bit Um, yeah I've got four inch lugs on my tires that are meant for mud but there's a place for playing and there's places for not playing Um, Timberview is a great place to go to Um, they've got a field out back and they're open to playing There's another place, Whiskey Jacks, you know, same thing. You can go play out there, but, you know, everywhere else, respect the rest of the trail. Otherwise you're going to lose it. So that's, that's the big compromise that, you know, people can't seem to understand. So.
1: Okay. Then how do you, how do you police this in the groups? Because I know that you're you're, you three you are not in every group and out on every outing. So how do you police this, um, overall, how do you get the information to the other enthusiasts to keep them on par and to keep them from having a problem?
2: I think one of the biggest things is education. That was part of the purpose of me starting the page. A lot of people were riding illegally. Um, some of them because they didn't know where they could ride. Um, so they would find a trail. A lot of times snowmobile trails do not convert over to ATV trails in the summertime. So they're off limits in the summer because snowmobile clubs and ATV clubs are completely separate. So um, a lot of people just were ignorant to the fact that they couldn't ride them. Uh, that was part of the purpose of starting the page was for educational purposes. Um, But I know if I'm in a group and somebody's doing something they're not supposed to, I am brutally honest, whether they like it or not, and I'll let them know. Um, Ryan's laughing at me, but
1: right, I've noticed that. <laughs>
2: We we all have to police each other. I mean, that's one of the biggest things. If somebody's doing something wrong, they may not know what's necessarily wrong, or may just be caught in the moment of "Oh, I see a mud hole. I'm going to go get it," not thinking that it's somebody's backyard. Um, so it's kind of up to all of us to kind of give that information.
1: Let me ask you this, Trevor. Not to not to interrupt you, Ryan. I, I, I'll come right back to you. You were. You have a like a specific mud machine to go and ride in, in, on the mud, and you go to non-mud trails. How does that work out for you? And and and, and is it harder on the trail with that machine with those style tires?
3: Uh, it's uh, comparable to being on ice skates for the first time. Uh, that's uh, the best way to put it um luckily i downhill ski so i know how to you know maneuver on not very much under your feet but um a lot of it yeah it's it's just learning the machine and how to ride with it um i can swap out the tires if i wanted to but a lot of the time i just don't have the time to swap them out so i just deal with it um and it's fun too i mean at the same time i mean i guess it's the uh the awe effect that people see if they see your machine you know the tires, you know, if I didn't run it with the mud tires, no matter where I was, it would take away from the effects of the build of the machine. So really, I just, I go with it and I deal with the conditions and yeah, it's a little harder for riding, but it is what it is. We're still out riding at the end of the day. You know, we just don't get too crazy on uh hard pack trail because it can get squirrely.
1: You guys need to make sure that you send me photos of your machines. Uh, I'd like stills and actions. OK, out in the environment, if you would do that for me, please. I'm, I'm really interested in what you ride and, and some of the places that you do ride, because we don't have really the same thing. I went mud riding on a, on a UTV or a, on a, a utility quad one time in Louisiana. <laughs> so, Ryan, you are going to say something. I apologize for cutting you off.
4: Um, No, I was just going to touch on, like Lisa said, and um, I think that's going to be the biggest part of what we've been doing and what we will continue to do is educating the people. Um, Since COVID started and everything, all the businesses, everything shut down, we've seen a huge incline in people buying machines, going out riding, in general being outdoors people that have never done it, that don't have friends that have done it. So when they come into the site, a lot of times we get, they're looking for machines, they just got one, they're trying to find places to ride. This is where on our page, most of us try to hop right in and start directing them, um, places to go, things to do, things to look out for, um, basic things all the way down to trail etiquette when you're riding in large groups to things that you're doing for your machines. I think all of us are pretty well built for the type of mud in our area, but we all ride trails too. So we have to be careful because of the landowners and we want to make sure that everybody else does too. So if we're always educating people in the end, it's just going to
2: benefit all of us.
1: How many of the landowners... That that you know of ride as well,
2: most of them. So I if, would think. Them.
1: So if they see people acting up on their trailhead or on their property, they're actively taking care of it ahead of time.
2: Absolutely, we've seen a lot of sections of like Oswego County ATV trails shut down in the last couple of years because people can't be respectful. So like Trevor's machine is banned from a Swiggo County ATV club because of lug size and things like that. Mine is the end because I have two-inch lugs on my tires. They they tried to make all these changes to um, rectify the situations with the landowners. Unfortunately, it didn't change the fact that some people are just disrespectful to other people's property. Um, There are people that go out and they just ride wherever they want to and do whatever they want to do thinking that it's their given right. In New York State it is not, your right. Um, so I know Trevor probably deals with it more than we do down here, being that he's up there. The Adirondack Preserve is off limit. You've got many portions of the Adirondack Preserve you cannot ride off hard pack, a pavement pretty much. Um, so we're limited in New York and people are, are disrespecting the trail systems to a point that eventually if they continue we won't have a system anymore.
1: Do you think it's, and and this is probably controversial, but oh, well, do you think it's the ATV people or the UTV people?
2: I just, I'm just gonna call a spade a spade. A a disrespectful rider is a disrespectful rider. It doesn't matter what they're riding. Um, I ride a lot of times local clubs with my children. Um, My machine might look like I'm being, it's a little more aggressive than like a stock machine. It may look intimidating, but I'm not going over 20 miles per hour with my 10 year old daughter riding two up with me with my other children in tow. However, somebody on a, on a sport quad that looks harmless with small lug tires could be ripping up and doing donuts and being dangerous going 60 around the corner. So you can't really dictate what machine is gonna be disrespectful to the person themselves.
1: Good, good point, good point. Um, do you have many sport quads on the trail?
2: We have a lot up
1: here really? on the, on the specific trail that you guys ride on. Oh, so yeah.
4: it's, all,
1: it's all, it's all utility and sport at the same time. Yeah. Really?
4: Um, there's all types of machines that are going to, you're going to see UTVs. You're going to see large side-by-side, small side-by-sides. You're going to see mud machines right down to trail machines and sport quads. Um, are some areas of certain trails and certain systems that are more conducive to, say, our machines, our mud style compared to a sport quad that is going to want the speed, that is going to want the straight lines and going to want the technical turns and stuff like that. But we all group together at the end of the day, we're all in the same systems and we're all still building and riding together.
1: Do you see, um, because I'm not knowing what wording I want to use, um, a combined effort from all the different kinds of machines together, trying to work together, instead of, hey, you ride one of those utility quads, I don't want to deal with you, I ride a, a, a sport quad, and we're cool, and you guys are, or is it everybody one family?
4: Um, In our groups, and I know Lisa can agree with this one, we have riders from all different types that ride with us. Um, We can go out on a ride, whether it be in a park, on a trail system, um, with side-by-sides, sport quads, and a large group of us on our utility quads. Um, The machine doesn't designate who you can and can't ride with and where respect is given and received. That's, that's awesome.
1: Let's get back to you a little, Trevor. You seem to ride exclusively a mud machine and and I'm thinking, and I could be wrong and I'm expecting you to correct me, please. Um, aren't you in the wrong demographic state for a mud machine? Shouldn't you be <laughs> down south?
3: Yes. I was supposed to move to Texas, but it didn't happen. Thank you, COVID. Um, I mean, I've been down to Louisiana and Texas for writing. Um, been to Arkansas, and yeah, it's a lot more fun down that way. Um, but at the same time, it depends on where you go. I'm a member of two different clubs up here. Uh, one's the Mad River Club and one's the Newton Falls Club. Newton Falls is actually located in the Adirondack State Park. It's 16,000 acres of private land. Um, it's owned by a lumber company, but the club takes over, you know, basically through the memberships, pays the, the taxes on the land uh, through a lease. And that opens up roughly 80-something miles of trail. Now, for that club, there is mud. There is some decent mud holes that we can go play on. Yeah, a lot of it's mostly trail, but we do have areas to play, um, you know, But, yeah, I mean, I I am in the wrong demographic as far as being in New York State. But one of my other benefits is not so much anymore because of COVID. But I also live 10 minutes from the Canadian border. So if I really had an itching, you know, that needed to be scratched with mud, then I could go across the border, go to Canada, and I could find all the mud I could ever ask for. um, Which is a totally different mud than down south. Um if you ever see any of the videos from the guys up in Canada, um, you know, you can look up ATV, NAS ATV. Um, those are some good ones for a start. And you can kind of get a good picture of the kind of mud riding they do up there versus the south. So
1: let me ask you a question. When you're out riding, I mean I'm assuming you can ride close to where you live.
3: I can, yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of the roads up here will lead to trail, um, even where I live, and they will have uh, designated signs on them for ATV use. Um, so it does allow people to know to expect ATVs to be on the road because they do take the road to get to the trails. Um, there's a small trail system called the Indian River Trail System that I can get onto. It's about 35 minutes from my home. Um, there's another one in Harrisville that you can jump on, but it's nothing – you know, really crazy. It's a lot of road. It's maybe five miles of road and two miles of trail. So you're kind of jumping in between to get to everything. So,
1: so when you're out on the trails next to your house, do you automatically or can you cross the border?
3: No, we've got a river that separates it off. So the St. Lawrence River, so you have the Great Lakes to so Lake Ontario, which comes down in the St. Lawrence River. Basically, that will cut off the rest of New York State to Canada as a natural uh, border barrier
2: he would need a really big nitrous bottle to uh skim it it, it would take quite a bit <laughs> i'll
3: put pontoons on it
2: there well,
3: you go those, aren't those tires big enough uh maybe <laughs> i probably sink three quarters of the way but we give it hell let,
2: let uh, me know when you want to try it i'll videotape it
3: yeah i gotta see this
1: right
3: <laughs> as long as so, somebody buys me a new machine
1: <laughs> well no we're just gonna put a cable on it tow it back out
3: right oh okay there <laughs> we go is, is, right? the engine's got to get rebuilt <laughs> anyways
1: right so how how tall do you run your air stacks or whatever you call them snorkels. yeah the snorkels
3: thank you uh my sportsman i've got them ran i think i've got eight inches of rise on the scrambler four inches because i don't plan on taking it in. uh any deep water holes, per se. The sportsman can go in the deeper water holes, um, but the Scrambler is really more focused on the mud, so I didn't want to put the snorkels too high to uh, dare myself to try to go any deeper than necessary. Uh, My friend Corey tested that out for me, and uh, there was about this much from the snorkels to water. And I at least found out that my gaskets were really well sealed and my snorkels work really well, and uh, and everything should be good to go, so. (laughs)
2: He forgot to tell you that he actually sells these gaskets and we all have them now. And we're very appreciative of that.
1: (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh, Trevor, I'm expecting that you will send me some information on this because I am interested. Um, Not that in the desert I will ever need it, but I, I just, just really like to know. Um, what do you do in the wintertime? You guys ride in the wintertime too? Not snowmobiles, but can you ride your ATV? I,
3: I hunt all winter. That's my...
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: I ride wheelers in the wintertime too.
1: Okay. Ryan?
2: Um,
4: Not too much of a cold weather guy, surprisingly, being in New York. Um, and a lot of our trails do convert to snowmobile trails, so it really limits us. But every now and then for an event we'll get out we'll go freeze turn into icicles and get out on the trails and go um some people enjoy it
2: there's a couple parks that actually host winter events um whether it be late late in the year or early in the spring so it's always a good time but it is cold
1: well i am not going to come to new york in winter just letting you know in february no, I'm not going to the No, there's snow on the ground. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Doug Gust, but he invited my wife and I to come ride snowmobiles in Wisconsin this winter, and she has ridden snowmobiles, and I never have. So I'm thinking about it, other than the fact I don't like the cold.
2: Snowmobiles aren't as bad. Most of them have heated grips and windshields, and so they're a little bit better. Most safety's are not equipped with heated grips, so
1: doesn't doesn't Polaris and Can Am sell some stuff that's more orientated to that environment?
2: You can add that as an option. yeah.
1: Okay, so they so the, so you can make it more cold weather. Right. So with
4: the UTVs, there's a lot of different things you can do. They're really utility-driven all the way around. You can go from tracks like you would have on the back of a snowmobile um, to heated grips, heated seats. Um, you have windshields, everything that you can add to it. But it all comes back to what you enjoy doing with your machine.
1: Do all of you run of the mud larger higher machines?
2: Yeah. Mostly, yes.
1: Trevor, I know you're the extreme
3: guy.
4: Some are bigger than others,
3: but <laughs> 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 not always size that counts. It's how you write it. Okay. What's the
1: what's the brain? What's the best brand for you?
2: I'm Polaris. a a and person. Trevor K&M. and I fight all the, all the time.
1: Trevor, you're a Polaris guy?
3: Ryan, I couldn't hear you. Can-Am so, oh,
1: all
4: the way. You know We're always here to pull out Trevor whenever he needs us.
2: <laughs> I
3: don't see any Can-Am uh, shirts on anybody over there.
2: <laughs> no, I have my my TV addict shirt. I am not against the shameless blog.
1: Not against the shameless blog? No, it's okay. Because, well, this is how we got connected was because of the page. And, and I don't mind at all uh, promoting it because... It, I got a text message today from an individual that I was that I've been talking to a multiple times on the podcast. And since he retired racing, he had a huge turnout in his school over the weekend. And he thanked me because he said it was part due to do his resurgence in the industry because he's still relevant because people got to hear him talk, got to hear his story. So what I'm hoping is, is he Utility industry, if, if I'm calling it wrong, you guys got to correct me. If the utility industry can group together from New York to Georgia to Florida to Texas to, to New Mexico, Utah, wherever you're going, and, and make the industry grow, then we're all doing better.
2: Right. Any I can new- tell you from my my current my recent experience. I've actually traveled down to North Carolina a few times this year to ride um, Bosco Beach specifically. It's about two thousand acres, and the communities down there are a lot more ATV friendly. Um, they see it as a as a boost in the economy, not as an inconvenience because it's you know noisy or there's too many people or some of the complaints that we have here in New York State—that's part of the problem with having a small private trail system. It's every trail is going through somebody's backyard. So you
1: need to come out to Moab, Utah, and play in the desert on the rocks. We need to change tires, Trevor. Just we've got some. I was going uh, t- t-
2: to say, those.
1: Say that again, Lisa?
2: No, I, I said Trevor might dig to China with those tires over there.
3: Pretty much. So we're actually talking about going to Glamis uh November. So, I don't know if it's going to happen yet for sure, but that's just the discussions that we've been having.
1: I'll make sure. Okay. Glamis, I've never, never done it on a four-wheel drive, so it would be a, a new experience, but the lighter, the tire, the better it's going to spin. Um, your four inch lugs. I think the tires are too heavy. Um, uh,
3: we're we're going to be on uh, razors. Uh, Polaris is going to be setting us up with razors. If we go out. Oh, there you go. So we're we're, we're going to be set for uh, we flying like uh ET. Okay.
1: <laughs> you know what? I actually don't really care for UTV. in we, the- in the dunes I get I get car sick driving so I'm a rider not a driver um my daughter got her first shot ever to go to Glamis um my wife's youngest um and I borrowed a YFC 1000 that I built for a, a company called GPR and the only instruction I was given was don't roll the car what do you think the first thing I went out and did <laughs> my daughter's first ride in the Dune. I mean, it was, it was, it couldn't, it, it was great. It was two slow rollovers, no damage, nobody got hurt, but, you know, I had to call the owner of the car, but when I rolled the car um, gave her a story for life, you know, the, she'd been in a rollover in the thing I hope you guys have a great time. Glamis is a lot of fun. Um, It really is. You know, you get in the flow of the bowls, you get a good leader. You know, just like I wish that there was etiquette for the sand dunes, like you guys are creating etiquette for the trail systems in New York, because there is, you drive on the right, you drive on the left in the opposite direction. I mean, the rules apply. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're just, there are rules. And if you follow those rules, Everybody has more. fun.
3: That's a, it's true story. I mean, it's a pretty simple concept. Um, I mean, I guess a lot of it's, uh, based off on the way you were raised. Um, I was raised with a pretty stern hand if I didn't behave. So, you know, it's, uh, it's set in stone for me. Um, it's one of those things. My father was military. so. Um, it was yes, sir, and no, sir, and well, you made your bed and cleaned up your room, so same concept.
1: Exactly. Grandparents were both military on both sides, um, so yeah, I, I get it. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, please, thank you. It, it, you know, it all goes hand in hand. The sport quad guys have some of the same problems in some of the areas that we go ride, where people throw their trash out or they or they don't respect the terrain and And that's the biggest thing. We all need to respect it because we could lose it so quick.
4: Um, One thing that we kind of start to see as we start branching out and traveling, um, one of my favorite places to ride is down in West Virginia, Happy Oak mccoy I also travel to Pennsylvania quite regularly to different parks and areas down there, um, along with just into their forest that they do allow people to ride in the etiquette that we try to promote is nothing outlandish that we're just trying to get in new york that's something that runs across the board whether we're down in north carolina we're down in west virginia um pennsylvania right up here to our southern borders right up to the north when we into canada um it's something that is somewhat of a universal language that we try to use and promote to these new people and make sure they understand so everybody can stay safe.
1: That's, that's incredible. Have you guys ever thought about doing a utility tour or like a tour on the out here like in Utah or New Mexico or anything like that where you would ride their machine? and you ride X number of miles per day through the desert or in the mountains and, and they take you to a hotel each night um, and you get a, uh, a tour of the desert that way? That sounds, I don't, sounds go really <laughs> what, what that? You don't want to west of the Mississippi. What was that? You don't want to go west of the Mississippi? What's wrong with that?
2: I don't usually make it west of the Mississippi.
1: Wow. That's a little I've
2: just. I went to Minnesota once. That's about as far as I've
1: been. Minnesota?
2: Minnesota. You got to uh-huh. say it properly.
1: Okay, well, I'm trying. I got
2: yelled at.
1: Born and raised in Southern California. Um, we <laughs> talk a little different, too. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Trevor? Have you ever thought about coming out, out this way to try anything like that?
3: Uh, we, so I've talked to, I was supposed to go to Norway last year before COVID hit. Uh, we were doing a snowmobile trip over there and that was kind of the progression towards that concept. And that was to lead to 2021 being our trip to Montana uh, or 2022 being the trip to Montana after this last big one. So because none of those were able to happen, we're kind of starting back over again. Um, we're trying to decide if we want to do Norway for 2022 and then do Montana for 2023, and then go down from Montana, maybe you know, head over to Utah. Um, I've gotten pretty well connected with Fast Company, uh, Logan Hoff being one of the guys there, uh, also a racer. Uh, when I set up the dealer status for Fast Company for my business, Logan was the one that I've been in contact with. So he said, come on out and he'll show us a good time. So we're, uh, we definitely want to do it. Uh, I've been to California before, um, so I wouldn't mind getting back out there again, you know, it's a beautiful place and beautiful things to see. You've got a little bit of everything in California, snow, desert forest. It's all there.
1: You know, in big bear, you can still ride the trails. And and, and this is new to me because they again. Getting- you have to, you figure I've spent my entire life sport quads. So you can take your sport quads, your motorcycles, to there, and you can ride out to the gas station, fill up, get back on the trails, go. Um, and, and this was all new to me. A, a friend of mine that raced in the desert with us invited us up and we got to go ride for the weekend. And I love that kind of stuff. And my wife doesn't like the dirt sports. So we're, uh, she doesn't go with me. But. I wish she did, but that, that the concept is incredible because it's so family-oriented. I don't know if you guys have been around the, the sport racing group at all, but it's super family-oriented, and I'm assuming what it sounds like mm-hmm.
3: you guys are family-oriented. Too. Most everybody gets along pretty well. I mean. If it wasn't for this, I wouldn't know either one of these guys. So, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, we have different riding groups, you know, per se. But at the end of the day, you know, we can still all get together and do a ride. Everybody gets along. And if you have a person in a group that typically is a problem when new people are around or just a problem in general, they typically don't stay in the group very long because the group will slowly push them out. Um, Just because that's not the kind of negativity that you want in a riding group. So so everybody's there to have a good time. So
1: have you guys done anything in the Black Hill? Where? Have you done anything in the Black Hill? Don't know where's that? It's on the East Coast somewhere. It's another group that I follow up uh, that I follow on Facebook <laughs> and I'm friends with the, one of the guys that's in the group. Um they do most of U T V stuff but uh, have a, a, seems to be a large trailer and it's mostly UTVs, at which the utility quads would go through those.
3: Oh, that's done in Kentucky, I think. Okay. Um, another good one to get in touch with uh, would be dirt um, obstruction. So they're, they, how you spell it is O-B-S-E-X-X-I-O-N. Um, my friend Chad uh, does that right. and they actually do a lot of, um, blog style videos uh, a lot of review stuff and again they talk trail etiquette um they're more sport quad guys um not really big you know UTV or utility uh machines they're more on your i think they both just got banshees uh just this last year and they ride down heavily in kentucky and that's you know, probably more along the lines of where you come from as far as riding and style of riders, but similar concept as far as, you know, their outlook on, you know, trail systems, riding etiquette, and so on.
1: I spend most of my time on the track.
3: So, you whether know, we be going across the desert on
1: a marked course or, or a long off-road course that's marked, you know, these versus a the motocross track, you know, obviously marked. <laughs> You know, uh, heading off onto the trails, it, it's not where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, I've had a lot of fun when I do do it, but um, it's time. Don't have time to go, to go ride. I'm going to As much as you love something, you end up... You know, what you find this, Trevor, is the sport you love and the thing you love to do the more that it's your business, the less you get.
3: To do that. During the week, yeah, um, but I, I've kind of made it a. Um, I can bring business with me, and I can still operate the business. The website handles majority of the business now, so people can just order the stuff online, which is great. I still have to do the, you know, the manual work of marketing because I don't want to pay for advertising, uh, not right now. Um but I can bring a lot of my products with me where I'm riding and somebody's probably gonna need something whether it's an axle, a belt um you know, tie rod tie rod ends um I may even bring some spare tires if not that at least I can bring tools to fix a tire you know but um yeah, I can bring a lot of the products that I have with me and or at least get some, you know, views from people. And even if I'm out riding, if there's a lot of people around, I can still market my business. So I can make work pleasure at the same time. So it's kind of a unique thing. And if I can continue to keep it going that way, then I think I'll always have a healthy balance of still being able to do what I love to do and doing what I need to do to make sure I can afford to do what I love to do. So that's awesome.
1: So do you carry K&M cards, please? Yeah.
3: I should carry more.
2: <laughs> he actually sold me my exhaust. Oh, oh, so. it
3: awesome. doesn't
2: discriminate completely.
3: Well, green is green. Money is green so. no matter who it comes from.
2: <laughs> right. He might talk a little smack while he's selling it, but he still carries it.
1: So let me ask you this. You know, if we're going to talk brain, no Kawasaki, no Honda, no Suzuki, no uh, nothing no japanese or utility companies.
2: i personally own i personally own almost every brand i think i i haven't had a suzuki that's about it um i have a yamaha sitting in my side yard that's being rebuilt for my daughter i i grew up on polaris um everybody and their brothers had honda if you grew up riding, i i almost killed myself probably 20 times on a three wheeler when i was a kid so we've all i think of gone through brands i personally switched over to can-am because when i got my knee surgery i blew my knee out riding snowmobiles four or five years ago and uh, the suspension on the outlander was just above and beyond what the sportsman's were at the time and uh that's why i switched over and i loved the ride of the machine um so for me it was just a comfort thing and then the renegade xmr was the perfect. Crossover machine. It was already snorkeled, already ready for mud, um, but it was still a sporty quad and capable of going high speeds on trails. So it was a really good crossover machine. Where, in my opinion, Scrambler required all of that work. That's the only reason I didn't go that route. Um, high speed. <laughs> great, great time. Trevor, we still have a date to race. Uh, I I don't cut
1: out at 65. Um, I was listening to the the, the differences and the things that you were talking about. Um, I rode a thousand PC Polaris. We did a photo shoot and they had one out there. Is that what version Polaris do you have,
3: I've got the uh, Scrambler 1000S, which is a 55 inch model. Um, that has the, that's a 1000 S. Uh, it's currently out of production. Uh, that's due to mostly with the Walker Evans suspensions. Uh, Walker Evans is just having a really hard time keeping up with the demand from Polaris, um, uh, because Polaris uses Walker Evans on UTVs, ATVs and snowmobiles. So with a company the size of Polaris that you can only imagine that's a pretty high demand for, you know, a suspension company to produce. You know, especially with how the demand for ATVs and side by sides and uh, snowmobiles has just skyrocketed over the last year and a half with COVID. You know, Polaris dealers and Can-Am dealers, uh, dealers from all companies, they're seeing anywhere from a 30 to 60 percent increase in sales. Um, so it's just it's insane.
1: I can only regulate it this way, and I'm gonna, I have a question after I put it since March. 2020. Well, Duncan Racing's never had a shortage. That being said, we're working seven days a week. Our engine facility has more engines in it than it ever has. We can't get product quick enough. We can't get product to build pipes. We can't get product for anything. We sell a, a little multi, a little sport quad chrome bumper that's our trademark. Uh, We're probably anywhere from 30 to uh, 120 days out on that part because of chrome or steel or labor, depending on which one you want to pick at which given time. So I, I get that that is an is an issue with everybody providing product. It's unreal. Unreal. Um, go ahead, Ryan.
4: I was going to say, that's what the hardest part is right now. I think with all of us, um, as we ride our machines, we have to repair. Um, And you can't find everything that you need right now. Um, It doesn't matter what machine you're riding, what brand it is. Everything's on back order. Everything's hard to get. And it's something that it's continuously... Um, a waiting game more than anything, whether it come to basic repairs or modifications as we build. Um, a lot of us are taking the stance of we're starting our builds in the winter time so we can have that time to wait and get all of our parts together so we're not losing and having downtime all summer that we do have to ride.
1: Right. I, I, I get it. We cycle in so many different industries that winter, summer, spring, fall, it doesn't matter we're constantly building something somewhere for somebody or they're building, I don't know what just happened. You guys still there? Yeah. Yep.
3: I can hear you just fine.
1: There it is. I don't know what that was. I know exactly what that was. The computer updated on me and finished updating and and covered the screen off, but neither here nor there. Did COVID shut the trails down? I know if you look at the news or listen to the news, New York City was a problem.
2: So we did have a portion of time where some of the trail systems decided to restrict things because there wasn't really a travel ban in place where people from the high, highly impacted areas like New York City and Long Island, places like that, um, they still could come up and ride. So I know that some business, well, all the businesses were practically, there was nowhere to go, but I know some of the trail systems did restrict riding for a certain period of time.
1: Yeah, the deserts out here were wide open, you know. I mean, why would you wear a mask when you're riding your ATV in the tandem?
4: Um, One of the hard parts that we had, um, I think that a lot of us saw too is because each place is a separate entity and separate club. Uh, Many of them have bylaws and rules that they follow. One of them was being that they have to, at the beginning of the season, vote to open up their trails. Um, When COVID first came about, none of the memberships were able to get together in person to follow their bylaws, to get the trails open, which, it took some time for them to adjust and learn. So that set us back a little bit, but we did overcome that portion of it.
1: That's pretty awesome. Was your business shut down at all for the COVID or did it just increase?
3: Just increased. Um, actually uh, for the longest time, I just, I handled everything without the website because it was just a good steady flow of people reaching out to me. You know, I can manually process orders. I didn't, have a reason to do the website um so but because the demand was getting so high it forced the hand to do the website um maybe a little prematurely but ever since then it's just been a constant increase of sales um i'm also partnered up with my friend ryan who owns the polaris dealership here locally and just redid the showroom there so now it's the website it's a retail space and word of mouth, you know, it, so now it's definitely a continuously uh, increasing thing. Um, but the hard part is sometimes I can't always get the product as fast as people would like it. Um, you know, I've got a customer that's been waiting for arch day arms from high Lifter since the order was placed in May twenty twentieth, somewhere around there. So it's been a little, a uh, little insane. Well, the sport quad on the
1: is just bad. I have some that were placed last year that I still don't have. So it's an ongoing issue like wheels, tires, everything that you talk about. Everybody's struggling. I'm glad you guys are seem to be doing okay. Um, and I hope it will continue that way.
2: I actually work at an ATV shop as well. And my biggest problem is getting parts my job went from you know spending an hour or two a day doing all of our inventory and orders to now it takes me half of my day just to search for a vendor that has things in stock and like you said tires are a huge thing right now um we had one customer that just waited nine weeks for his rims um and we've never had that so
1: i did did a custom build for a guy and the wheels that he custom ordered, it's been a year. He still doesn't have them. One of
2: the biggest things that I found, actually, were the Sport Quad tires are completely wiped out. Completely wiped
1: out. I know of one company, and it's GBC.
2: GBC, yes. I did get a set of GBCs. I do have a a guy that's waiting on some uh, hole shots. He's been waiting on for his son for about 12 weeks now. So.
4: A lot of us here in New York turn to Lisa when we're looking for a rim There's parts like that. Um, I think that's the biggest problem with being friends with these two people is I think they get just as much money from me as everybody else does. Um, it's a never ending build and a never ending replacement.
1: It's a good thing, people in the family, right?
3: That's right. My new nickname is the uh, the Snap On Man, according to uh, a few of my friends, because they're they're approaching the three thousand dollar mark, and uh, I told them you gotta quit buying from me because I feel guilty.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I always just I always just hand Lisa my credit card and tell her not to even let me know what she's charging to it. I'll just figure it out later when I'm not in front of anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you can try without without anybody knowing. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's go around let's go around and you know a little shameless plug for ATV uh, addicts if if you wouldn't mind. Go ahead Lisa.
2: Well I mean obviously New York ATV addicts we're on Facebook. Um, We're also on TikTok and Instagram. I am a bit flawed with my Instagram. I forget about it sometimes but we are there. but yeah, come join us, check out New Year Riding. If you're ever interested in coming over, give me a message. I'd be happy to show you around.
3: Ryan?
4: Um, like she said, um, if you can get out here, get out here. We'll have a machine ready for you and waiting. Um, we'll get you out on the trails and get you dirty. We'll get you going fast and we'll keep you going the whole time you're here. Um, you know Reach out to us at any point, and anybody you know, we're going to make sure that everybody's taken care of and everybody's working here with us. That's incredible.
1: Trevor? I think he had another. There you go. There he's back. Oh, there he is. You're up, Trevor. I don't know. Can you hear us okay, bud?
3: All right, I can hear you now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> famous club bud
3: yeah um yeah same with everybody else um you know if anybody comes up this way to st lawrence county you know we've got a few places we can take them up here um you know we'll extend that out to them as well you know we can take you out in the newton falls club um you know, show you a little bit different riding actually take you through the Adirondacks and see something a little different um and if I'm ever down in Tug Hill you know somebody doesn't know the trails and um, my friends actually just purchased some property down in Tug Hill and I'm down there quite a bit um you know if somebody wants to learn the trail system down there and they're not comfortable going there riding by themselves or they don't have a ton of people then you know they can feel free to reach out anytime because I do know the trail systems down there and be more than happy to take people out
1: that's Demi. what's the name of your company again
3: it's uh, NCB performance excellent excellent
1: I want to thank you all so much for coming on NCB talk and taking the time to to bring attention to your end of the sport Um, and telling everybody how important it is for etiquette and to make sure that they follow the rules and all these specific places um, so that we can grow our sport. And I hope that on your Facebook page, you'll link to the ATV talk group so that we can all grow together and we can get our people, your people connected and we can all make the industry grow. It doesn't matter if you're on a sport quad or a utility, um, it's all fun and we
2: Absolutely.
1: Thank you so much and expect an invitation, all of you, because I will be reaching out to you at different times to come on other shows or to be on solo shows so that we can talk more about your individual riding experiences in the industry. Um, I, I did the group first because I was a little unsure how it all would work on the utility side with some of the different things that go on. So. I really appreciate you all coming together for me um, and for the support of ATVs. Thank Absolutely.
2: You. And actually, Trevor is a little modest. He has a YouTube channel as well, North Country Boys. So if you want to go and check out his crazy stunts, he's got some of those videos posted up there too.
1: And what was the name of that? I didn't catch it.
2: North Country Boys with a Z.
1: North Country Boys. I'll have to go check that out. Don't smile, Trevor. It's OK, man. <laughs> there you go. That he's looking all serious. He's looking serious guy See, I, I don't use
3: my I don't use my real name for too many things either. So I put Coy Hunter Bernan in there, but I guess it's uh, the name's already out, so it's too late.
1: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. If I'd have known, I wouldn't have used it. But
3: that's um, yeah, all right. It's for fun. Now it doesn't matter anymore.
1: Okay. What I need is I need uh, videos from all of you. Asking people to listen to the episode. It can be of any portion where you're riding, working, driving down the road, doesn't matter. I need two promo videos. You just tell them who you are and ask them to listen to the episode on, on the upcoming APD talk. Okay? You can, my email is normally <laughs> hello at dot com. for some reason. It's not accepting emails. Before we finally found that out. We had to rush me new link. Um, you can send them uh, to Duncan Tech International at gmail.com. Uh, this portion that we're talking will get cut off because my daughter does not allow me to, to, uh, to get on the episode. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, I
2: can actually send them both the email if you're looking for videos from all of us. Yes, I can. I can, I can okay. send your email to both of them.
1: I would like Photos from all of you, um, and I would like them based on still. You can so people can see your machine with you in it in still form and in form You know, when you're out riding, things like that. Yeah, uh, videos don't aren't bad, but don't really do me much good. I'm think I think Trevor, you and I are going to have to uh, really get serious about a mud podcast because. That, uh, those videos are a lot of fun.
3: If yeah, they can be. I, I'm not. I gotta get out. I gotta get out for a ride with these guys at some point. Cause it's been a full season and I haven't been out yet.
2: Hey, my delayed. birthday, uh, the weekend of September 26th down at Bosco beach. I you wish. It's my 40th. Come on.
3: It's, uh, uh <laughs>
4: We're gonna drag him out one way or another. We're
1: gonna get him out. <laughs> out. He just got called out. that
4: party
1: and the race, and he didn't commit to either one.
3: Well, if I, I if I do like Glamis that. and and SEMA, if I do SEMA in October and Glamis in uh, November, then uh, I've got a hunting trip down in Maryland in March. So it's it's getting busy. <laughs>
2: Look, it, I'm going to sell exhausts for you, just so you can come.
3: <laughs> if you sell twenty exhaust, I'll go. Oh wow,
1: that's kind of a kind of a hard high bar. Isn't it? it is. It is. She's got this.
2: I'll <laughs> got all day long. He's
1: going to hate me by the end of the day. Uh, uh, nice, nice. I love it. Again, thank you so much for coming in ATV talk. And and all of us will be in touch. Um, I'll let you know. When the episode's going to air, Lisa, I'll be in touch with you um, okay. via private message so that you'll know, and you can reach awesome. out to everybody else. I have your all your emails. Um, I normally do everything via text messages. It's faster and easier for me, but I don't have everybody's phone number, so I'll just send it all to you, Lisa, and you can okay. distribute um, at any given time. If you have questions or need anything, please, you're part of my family now. Reach out, okay? Absolutely. Uh, granted, I'm not a utility guy, but, uh, but I have a lot of resources and know a lot of people.
2: And- Actually, I will reach out to you because I'm looking for a, uh, A-arms for a DS-650 and I can't find them in the world. <laughs> um,
1: the gentleman that I would have build them through the jibberot. What's
2: that?
1: The gentleman I would have build them through his fixture away the builds them. Oh no. Yep. So I would have to even see if I can find anybody. Um, because, Nobody
2: has them. Um,
1: it's not a hugely popular thing anymore. No.
2: Nope. This, Yeah. So it was worth a shot. <laughs> I have a very sad customer. <laughs> I'll try
1: to, I'll try to reach out and, and, and get back to you. Um,
2: okay.
1: Hey, how long does it take to wash one of your, <laughs> it, it, it after you go riding,
2: Two to six hours.
0: Yeah, usually but try to plan about. it very good. Hours.
1: So yeah, I'm not going to come ride in the mud. It's okay, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wash it in like 20 minutes. I'm yeah. Oops, I, my my that my time is up for that part of the day.
2: Trevor volunteered. <laughs> he said he'd wash it for you.
1: Nice. I, think, I heard him. He, he's not answering. So I don't think he did.
3: <laughs> or he didn't. I'll just do pretend part. mine's on. It's on, uh, you know, pause. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: didn't hear you again.
3: right? Yeah, I didn't hear you
1: again. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for coming on ATV at Talk. I really
0: appreciate it. If you need anything, please reach out. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
4: Brought to you by Take Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
0: San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies
3: International, more than 33 years in the industry,
1: building racing programs and ATVs around the world.